When the crypt doors creak and the tombstones quake, happy haunts materialize and begin to vocalize. Grim grinning ghosts are not to socialize. Welcome to the Holiday Moons Podcast, where we share our love for the holidays with you year round. This is Randy, Beth, Sydney, and Cole. And today we have a single topic for you, and that is ghosts. Spooky ghosts. Oh no, friendly ghosts. Okay, not. I guess I prepared the wrong discussion topic. (laughs) Don't worry, not the spooky kind, but the friendly kind, or at least the non-spooky kind. Well, I think the friendly. I think all are kind of spooky. Like that's some of the fun part about them. But like, you can have a friendly spooky ghost. Can you? We'll see. I guess we'll we'll have to talk about that. That's right. So uh, we will go ahead and begin with our holiday happenings for the week. Given that we are recording this the first week of September, lots of things are going on related to fall. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for instance, football season has started. Yes, which we are very excited about. Both college and professional. Yep. I'm uh, I'm a Ravens fan. I'm a Steelers Steelers fan. fan. As of now, my team is doing very well. Yes, and mine hasn't played yet. So. No. But my college team, Penn State, has won two games already, so that yep. is very fun. That I think we're all Penn fun. State fans here. Yeah. yeah. Another big holiday happening for us this past weekend was that it was Beth's birthday festival weekend. Yay! As we mentioned on the birthday episode, which was episode 16 in our second season, we do birthday festival weekends. So from Friday through Sunday, the birthday person gets to, in general, kind of pick what they want to do. So yesterday was your birthday day and Saturday. So we basically said, whatever you want to do. And you took us around and did things around the area. Yep. Yep. That was a lot of fun. That was a fun day. We spent pretty much all day out. Yep. All together. Um, Yep. All together going around the different stores. We looked at a lot of different fun seasonal kind of stuff which was cool that was cool yes and it was the first time i think i've seen in our local target the well i don't i probably saw it this way first time this weekend that i saw in our local target the halloween um items up in the back yes Mm -hmm. that was very fun what other holiday happenings do we have for this week yes our walmart tends to put its fall stuff in the far right side of the store I noticed that it wasn't in its usual spot. So today I went to get a plant pot and found out that they had shoved all their fall stuff in the garden section. Yeah, in the outside garden section. So still covered, but yeah, it's still in the outside part of the garden section. It was kind of weird, but um, yeah, they have a lot of cute stuff. And um, Starbucks. Not only do they have the pumpkin spice latte out now, but they now have the baked goods, the... Pumpkin baked goods, such as the pumpkin cream cheese muffin and a pumpkin scone, which I haven't previously seen. Oh. Maybe I'm just not as observant as I think I am. So did, did you get to try either of them? No, not yet. Now, oh. I have tried the muffin before, and I know that that's really good. So I went this afternoon to try to get one, and they were completely out. Well, you are in luck, because today we're doing part two of our taste testing of fall-related um, items. So Fun. they're not the Starbucks items, right. but they are items that are either spiced or pumpkin flavor or something that they think is fall flavor. So we'll see how that goes. Okay. So we'll start with that before our discussion topic. Treat number one will be the white pumpkin pie M&Ms. What? 
white pumpkin pie M&M's. Where did so you I, get those from? I got these from Cracker Barrel. Oh. So I each. am an M&M advocate. <laughs> I was gonna, thought you were going to say fiend. I was going to thought you were going to say connoisseur. <laughs> All right. Okay, love M&M's. So they are in... Kind orange. of a tan, orange, and white color. Yes. And tan, they, orange. They're kind of fat and brown. Oh, I called this tan and this one Oh, white. gotcha. But you're right. It's an off-white. It, it's brown yeah. and, and like an ivory. Yeah. And it's got the uh, orange M&M on front kind of with a little pumpkin hat on it. He That's looks hilarious. a little bit terrified. Yeah. Okay, so ready? Uh-huh. I'm going to try an uh, orange one. Okay. All right. I'm going to try a brown one. Okay, I guess I'll get orange. the tan one. Or Three. the ivory one. Three, two, one, one. go. Hmm. Wow, that is a, that is very pumpkin pie. Very flavor. pumpkin, mm-hmm. strong pumpkin flavor. Mm-hmm. Very much the pumpkin spice. Mm-hmm. Very pumpkin. Yep. Got a strong flavor. <laughs> My best faith is a little pained. A little disappointed. <laughs> Are you? All those M Ms and I don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a really strong flavor. So if you like the pumpkin pie flavor, I'd say it's great. I don't think I could eat a mm-hmm. lot of them. No. no. Like two, and I think I'm done. Oh, it has a white center. It does. It's like a white, I guess a white chocolate kind of inside with a pumpkin. So I wanted to see what the inside was like. Yeah. Yum. Yeah, okay. All right. Boom. Again, one of those things that's just very sweet. It is. It's yeah. very sweet. Like the, um, was a candy bar that we had last yeah. time. Yes, yeah. The candy bar. Yeah, that actually reminds candy me of that a lot. Yeah. Okay, you guys ready for item two? Yep. Yes. Okay, item two. We're going to go with the Popcorn Indiana Maple Kettle Corn. Oh. All right. Okay. That's now, awesome. we have a history of Popcorn Indiana and liking it. So, we have high hopes for this. All right. So, let's see. Give everybody Not a little much. bit. It looks like kettle corn. It's got that little bit of coating on the corn. All right. I have high hopes for this. I hope it's really good. It smells really good. I'm not the world's biggest fan of kettle corn, but this looks good. I can smell the maple on it. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not the biggest fan of maple. I like it some, but... Yeah, no, I'm with you. Okay, ready? All right, ready? Three, two, one, go. Mm. Mmm. Oh, that's really good. Yes. I'm not a big fan of kettle corn, but I actually like this better. I like it. It has a very thin, light flavoring of maple. To but a point where it's just a little, mm-hmm. almost like so caramel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sweet and salty. Mm-hmm. It's a good blend. Cole, Cole right. is probably the biggest popcorn eater in the house. But it's regular buttered popcorn. What do right. you think, Cole? Um, well, I took one bite and I was like, oh, no, I don't like this. But then I swallowed it and I was like, do I? Like, I can't really tell. <laughs> like, if I would eat a lot of this. That's funny. I think as I'm biting it more, I'm finding that I like it more. Yeah, it's not. I don't like the kettle corn gets too sweet for me, but this has a seems like a lighter kind mm. of coating to it than kettle corn does. Yeah, yeah. definitely, it still has a saltiness to it. Yeah, so yeah. that's good. I would say that it's not something that I would get on my own. Probably, maybe um, if I was out at like a fall fair kind of thing, right. like a little bag of it mm-hmm. would be fine to yeah. munch on. Yeah, heated up too would be really good. Oh yeah, if it come out warm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so that was fun. Our third item for the day is also from Cracker Barrel. It is the <gasps> Kettle Cook Fudge Pumpkin Pie Flavor. Ooh. And on top, it's like the um, typical peanut butter fudge looking color, mm-hmm. but it's got the um, cinnamon, like flex like kind of, yeah, on top of it. Okay, so we each have a piece of the fudge. What do you think of the smell? 
smells cinnamony. Like it's a very light smell. Mm -hmm. Typical fudge cup. Are you ready to taste it? Yep. All right, go. That's very good. <laughs> well, right, Beth? No, no. I'm not a fan. It's got like a um, sweet, like basic flavor to it mm -hmm. with some light spices to it. No, no, not not light on the spices. Well, mm -mm. Uh, strong spices to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, we went, me and mom went into Niblins the other day, which is a store with um, a candy lot of store, cooking yeah. store, yeah. candy. So at the place where we went in, it was like this little cute downtown area. And there they had pumpkin pie fudge. And literally it was so good. It tasted just like the inside of a pumpkin pie minus the crust. It was really, really good. It looked like homemade fudge. So better than this pumpkin pie Are you fudge? about to yeah. diss this fudge? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't really like this one. Definitely not worth the calories, I don't think. No. no. That's very heavy to... And as I was, I, I liked it when I first bit into it, but I was, as I was chewing it more, I was like, this is getting to the point where it's maybe a little bit of a chore to finish it. Okay. Item number four, the last item today, is the Hostess Iced Pumpkin Cupcakes Ooh. Limited Edition. <laughs> limited Edition. So get out there fast and get it now. Maybe. Eight individually wrapped cakes. We'll give each of us one. Now the cake is like what you would expect, a kind of an orangish, cakeish color. Uh, very dark. Dark. No. Mm -hmm. It's got um, kind of a light, off-white um, icing on top, and then a fun orange swirl across in a stripe. Yep. Swirl, swirly stripe. I cut mine in half, and you can see it's white cream in the middle. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, pumpkin-flavored cake, white cream. All right. Ready? Yep. All right. Let's All right. chew it up. It is a pumpkin. What? It does kind of taste like pumpkin. Mm -hmm. Oh, it does, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> why don't you elaborate there? Well, she's okay. just the, okay, she so, the weirdest expression. I could not tell for a solid 10 seconds there what she was thinking. I um don't like it. Okay. Okay. And as I'm sitting here, I'm like, I love pumpkin. Why don't I like this? Yeah. And I'm wondering, I mean, we make pumpkin pies, which are delicious. We have right. pumpkin spice bread, which, which are delicious. We make... Pumpkin whoopie pies, which are delicious. We make pumpkin snickerdoodles, which are delicious. Yeah. So we have a lot of homemade, delicious pumpkin products that we produce here at our house. Not like production, but we <laughs> make them here make for them, family yeah. and friends. I I am finding I do not like these things, these purchased outside the home things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I, I don't think I'm as picky. I love ours better, definitely. But yeah. I think this is good. It's just not great. Do you want mine? No. <laughs> I'm going to eat mine and then I'm good. What do you guys think? Uh, yeah, I think I'm about the same way. Like, if I... I would not buy a pack of these for myself. Again, if they have, like, I don't know, individual ones wrapped or something like that, maybe I would pick that up. With these, like, these Hostess kind of treats, I'm not as big a fan of the flavored ones, like pumpkin and stuff. Like, say if it was, like, a Twinkie, like a pumpkin Twinkie. I would always take a normal one over... A flavored one. Right. It's. Yeah. I think I'm the same way with like Oreos and stuff yeah. like that. Just yeah. with sweets in general. That's true. And I'm not. Uh, I'm not a sweets kind of person. So getting through anything that's this sweet is a little tough for me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was. Um. It was better than what I expected. Mm -hmm. Which I had very, very, very low expectations. So. 
So yeah. there you go. That was kind of the same way because a lot yeah. of times they're not as good as they look. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I I tried it with the icing, and then I'm not a big icing person, so I peeled that off, and I think it was a little better that way. Okay. Um, but in general, I agree with mom where the, the quality of the pumpkin bread is not nearly to the extent that I think we're used to because we bake. Yeah. Um, really good pumpkin quality. This kind of stuff tends to have, that you buy, a wetter texture. A wetter texture. It's definitely processed. Instead of moist, it's wet. It's like thicker. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is less, we baked than eat when you're baked. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just this, look at this that, is right? that kind of snack. Uh, yeah. So I mean if it was between this and a Starbucks um pumpkin bread, because it's pumpkin bread is really good. And the pumpkin muffin is really good. Haven't tried yeah, the I like the pumpkin muffins. Right. Um at Starbucks. Yeah, definitely so get the an, Starbucks. That's an muffin. easy call for you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so if we were to um put them in rank order, mm-hmm. what would we what would we do? Okay, maple, kettle corn, yeah. and everything else. I think Maple That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I think maple cut corn is, is number one for all of us. Yeah. yeah. Then I would put the cupcake next. Yes. And, I would do the cupcake next as And well. then I would do the fudge, and then I would do the M&M's. And I would switch those. I'd do the M&M's and the really? fudge. But they're both at the bottom for me. Yeah. yeah. They're both just so overwhelmingly sweet for yeah. me. And not quality enough to uh, no. get them. And I, I would get the maple kettle corn again, potentially, yeah. but the rest I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I could easily see... In fact, I might pack some for lunch tomorrow. Not of the same uh, caliber as, say, our Disney sweets. Right. Definitely. Last time yeah. we did this. Right. I think all the Disney sweets were really good. Or, I guess, both of the Disney sweets we had were good. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so that was fun. our fun second part of our fall taste testing. We'll have to see if more things come to light that we might want to try again. So we'll have to see how all of that sits with us because we all know that a uh, little thing, a slight disorder of the stomach can make you see things. A ghost could be undigested bit of beef, a blot of mustard, a crumb of cheese, a fragment of underdone potato. There could be more of gravy than of grave about any ghost. <laughs> Wait, that sounds familiar. That sounds familiar. What could that be from? Mm. That could be from... A Muppet Christmas Carol. Okay, it can be from or, the regular Christmas yeah, it can Carol. Be from the-, <laughs> the Muppet Christmas Carol does it really well. I was going to bring up in our ghost segment. So the initial ghosts that we come in contact with in A Muppet Christmas Carol are Jacob and Robert Marley. This is the Muppet version. So in Charles Dickens' novella, which is A Christmas Carol, there is just Jacob Marley. The Muppet Christmas Carol added Robert. So now it's Jacob and Robert Marley. So that they could use Statler and Waldorf, who are, are yeah, two beloved Muppet characters. That's right. The grumpy but clever old men who are always heckling everybody. Um, and a lot more friendly than, if I remember uh, the novella, Jacob was not supposed to be the friendliest of ghosts. Right. He was very cor- sort of disturbing with all the chains and right. yeah, didn't have a fun dance and song, and song. number. Yeah. <laughs> and instead, this one has a genius... Song and it's just awesome. The two of them. Let's, Lots ju- of let's just sing it all together. Okay. Here. Marley and Marley. Ooh. Yep, awesome. that's the entire song. <laughs> <laughs> we nailed it. Yeah, but I remember. I remember watching Muppet Christmas Carol from a very young age. Uh, and you guys didn't watch a different. We didn't watch like a different Christmas Carol, like a more traditional Christmas Carol, with us at least. No, Not with you. No. We liked. We really. The Muppet Christmas Carol is one of my favorites. Yeah, so that was what we um, 
we like grew up. That was our Christmas Carol. Right. And I would say like we were watching it at a pretty young age. So for younger children, it was also a very family friendly right. film compared to some of the other versions. Right. Yes. But it's interesting because I was looking up, trying to figure out why, like this, when I started researching The Muppet Christmas Carol, it was interesting to see how many people love A Muppet Christmas Carol. That is funny. Mm -hmm. And there are a variety of reasons. One is that uh, Michael Caine is an incredible Ebenezer Scrooge. Yes. Um, But... The other, um, the other thing is that it's narrated. It's a, it, it actually has a lot more of Charles Dickens' actual novella yeah. in it than a lot of other movies. Yes. Than a lot of other A Christmas it's Carol narrated. movies because of the narration of Charles Dickens, Gonzo. Gonzo, Gonzo the Great. Gonzo the Great. And he does... It's just... This is all put together just so incredibly. But I've, I found that fascinating that... So many people liked a, Chris, a Muppet Christmas Carol. It's it's funny to me that you use a word like incredibly when referring to a Muppets movie. Oh my goodness. This is like an amazing one. Everybody should go just watch it now. When we're done, we should just go watch it. Yeah, I think because we were trying to do Friendly Ghosts, I don't know that I would have picked um, a Christmas Carol for Friendly Ghosts from the original novella. Right. Um, but from right. the Muppet Christmas Carol, they definitely are. I actually thought positive. of... Yeah, I actually thought of the the actual version for Friendly Ghosts. Not for Jacob, but for the ghosts of Christmas past and the ghosts of Christmas present. Because I think the ghosts of Christmas present, especially, is supposed to be a very friendly, jolly, very jolly sort of, right. um, what you would think of as a Father Christmas kind of ghost. Right. With, you know, all of the representing plenty with, like, the laurel wreath and the, uh, what is it, uh, a horn or... Um, cornucopia. Uh, cornucopia and all of that. So I originally thought of that as sort of uh So I had originally thought of that rather than the Muppets version for Friendly Ghosts. I yeah. definitely didn't because I have seen some freaky versions of that. So, no, I thought of the Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the, the songs really are... You think, oh, Muppet songs. But they really are just great. I mean, they the lyrics to them are... Amazing. They set a stage. They tell a story. In fact, at the Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party, they sang the Ghost of Christmas Presents song from the Muppet Christmas Carol, and we could all sing along. Right. And it was very, very fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. For Marley and Marley, Jacob and Robert Marley are singing, and the ghosts sing about how they were confined with chains after death relating their many crimes, and warning Scrooge that he will share the same fate if he doesn't change his ways. So there are two reasons for them to come. The first is to warn Scrooge of what will become of him if he continues to be greedy and cold-hearted. And the second was to give him the news that the three other ghosts will be visiting him, just as the Jacob Marley did in the original novella. Yeah, and honestly, if you don't know this story... You need to catch up on your Christmas. Because That's this, right. this is about as classic Christmas as you can possibly get. That's right. Uh, Christmas Carol. Yeah, I was reading about why Charles Dickens probably included ghosts in general in the story based on the timing of it. And, and I think we talked about this last year, but in case you haven't heard before, during the Charles Dickens' time, Christmas was being kind of squelched by the English leadership. They were trying to make uh, it go away, basically, because there was no scriptural reference for a holiday called Christmas in the Bible. Okay. So when he wrote this, he wrote a number of things that were happening but were not endorsed within the public 
in England. Uh, one of those things was their propensity at the time in the Victorian England for ghost stories. So he included ghost stories as part of this because that was already something that was in the culture, whether that was you know agreed to by the government there or not, it was something that was happening. So by including the ghosts in it and having you know the multiple sets of ghosts, he felt that that would be a way that he could connect. He could capture an audience. Capture an audience that was kind of already into ghost stories at the time. Right. Yeah. And he definitely did. And it's funny because there's one Christmas song. Oh, what is Scary that? Ghost Stories? Yeah. And we're all like, what's what that, Scary what Ghost Stories? Um, it's a very oh, famous yeah. yeah. Um, most Wonderful Time of the Year. Yes. It's the yeah. Most Wonderful Time of the Year. Yes. yes and we're like, what? where in the world does that come from? But that makes sense with the Victorian era and love of ghosts. Right. right. It's kind of talking about a bygone era. Right. And it's interesting that even ghosts is not just strictly for Halloween, but back then it was just just story. So he de- he definitely connected with his audience. So that's interesting, Dad. Right. So it was a song, and part of the chorus I think is it talks about scary ghost stories. Yeah. There's a section that says there'll be parties for hosting, marshmallows, marshmallows for, for toasting, toasting, and caroling out in, in the snow. snow. There'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. <laughs> and then it goes into the chorus. But, yeah, but we always were like, scary ghost stories? We like, scary, like, at Christmas. Right. Yeah, so that does make a lot of sense. Um, yeah, because we figured at some point we were like, well, it has to be a Christmas carol. There aren't any other ghost right. stories that we can think of. Right, right but what, what's the plural? <laughs> right. right, right, scary ghost stories, right. Yeah. Well, actually... Yeah, so as I was researching this, I found that there were actually other ghost stories written back in that same time frame. In fact, one was written by that author that you and I were looking at yesterday that I didn't know that you were saying, oh, don't you recognize that author? Oh, yeah. um, H.P. Lovecraft. Yes. Yeah. So he actually wrote a story called The Festival, which was written for Christmas and also included ghost stories in it. What? Uh, But there were several others. They're just not as well known. That's so interesting. I'm going to have to read those because that was always a question of mine. I'm like, what ghost stories are at Christmas time apart from the Christmas Carol? Yes. And apparently there were some. And in fact, they say that the the place I was researching said that some people still tell ghost stories at Christmas time. I have never met anybody who does that. Uh, That sounds like a lot of fun, though. (laughs) It does. So we should do if, that. If you tell ghost stories at Christmas, please contact us. <laughs> We'd love to know what stories you tell. Something yeah. uh, something that we really enjoy doing around, uh, around Christmas time is we have a big Christmas tree. So we like turning the lights off and just leaving the Christmas tree on. So wouldn't that be a fun time when the only light is from the Christmas tree to sit down and tell Christmas ghost stories. So okay. two of us are really into this. Two millennials. The two older of us are not as into this. Yeah, they're but, sharing looks. Sydney and I are both like smiling and like this we're This is so into- not a part of our generation or culture. This is, this is so cool. This is so much fun. I want to do this tradition. And I'm thinking, we have like 10 million lights on our Christmas tree. So our house is lit up like noon. So it wouldn't be very scary. Wouldn't it be great if we actually had 10 million lights on our Christmas tree? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I I did find some of the other authors, in case others are interested, uh, and see if you guys recognize any of these names. Edith Nesbitt, Elizabeth Gaskell, and Rudyard Kipling. Oh, oh, um, 
Friar Kipling. That's a Jungle Book, right? Yep. Yep. Washington Irving actually wrote a story, a, a ghost story for Christmas as well. So interesting. That's quick, right? Yeah. We so there's actually several. Catch up on our Christmas ghost stories. That's right. I know. Well, some fun facts about a, Christmas car- a Muppet Christmas Carol. Going back to my favorite, the Muppet Christmas Carol. And mine too. I the have, best I ghost story yeah, about Christmas at least. Waldorf during his Waldorf is one of the either Jacob or Robert Marley. I don't remember which one he is, but during his second speaking segment of the song, where they recalled evicting an orphanage, alludes to some of the poor orphan children having frostbitten teddy bears, which is kind of funny because this was written and took place in the 19th century, the Victorian era, and teddy bears, named after the United States President Theodore Teddy Roosevelt, had not been invented until the 20th century. So that's just kind like of a little fun Suspension fact. of disbelief. Right, yeah, you just have I mean, to suspend re- realism. Realism broken. The whole thing is ruined for me now. Yeah. It's yeah. Muppet the, Christmas the Carol Muppets, is so. not historically accurate. Right. Like the lobsters and the, <laughs> what? And the ostriches. The lobsters weren't appropriate for the time? And the, and the Muppets? And Mupp- the, puppety mu- lobsters? And the ostriches, too? And the, and the yes. Oh, they could have been from Australia. And the talking fruit? <laughs> and vegetables, yes. The ones that went, help me! <laughs> I'm being stolen! <laughs> so when this was actually not directed by Jim Henson, who you think of as... Creator of the Muppets. Right. Um, it was directed by his son, Brian. He was 28 years old. His father had just passed away. He was 20 years... 28 years old and scared. Brian Henson said, When Scrooge comes home and he's an angry, lonely man and the first ghosts show up, I knew I was going to scare people. There were kids crying in the cinemas when the film was released in 1992. But when Jacob Marley and his brother Bob come out, they're singing the catchiest tune in the movie. You need to go to those dark places for the ending to be as joyous as it can be. Which is true. Yeah. I was thinking about that. So you, you kind of make this scary situation, but then... They come out and sing a song, right? Yep. So now it's not as bad because they're singing and it's catchy. And he's right. It is the catchiest song in the, in the movie. It is, yeah. But but it has to go those places in order for Scrooge's change of heart to mean anything. Even in the uh, end scene when they're getting close to the Ghost of Christmas future, they recognize that it's going to be scary. So the narrator, Gonzo, right. and Rizzo, his sidekick... Stated up front, this is going to be scary, so we're going to leave. Yeah, right. They kind of make it a little bit funny. Yeah, that's it. Woo, but we're we'll out. Be, but we'll be back. Yeah. They were like, we'll yeah. come back with the uh, what was it at the big finale? At yeah, the big finale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But in that and that was something that in the research I was doing. Also, they said that was a really good way to let the audience know that yep, something a little more scary is coming up, but it's okay. It will be okay in the end because they're coming back. I'm impressed. Wow, he was only 28 years old. Yeah, and he tried to get other people to direct it, and they wouldn't, which was interesting. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So Brian, it was and his very first. He produced this masterpiece. I know. Of the same caliber, Citizen Kane, The Godfather, Muppet Christmas Carol. All it definitely to, all is together. one of the yep. most beloved ones. It mm-hmm. is. It has some fun um, ghosts in it. It is. Yes. Some very friendly ghosts. And some a little less friendly ghosts. Another friendly ghost that I thought about when we brought up the topic was Casper. Now, Casper is a cartoon ghost that was in comic books and on cartoons on TV that was popular probably in the 60s and 70s. I caught it in the um, probably in the early 70s is I, when I caught it. You know, I think that I think he might be one of the 
maybe the best known friendly ghost. I think as he being, must be. Because he, it's sort of in his title, too. I was going to say, that's his name. <laughs> He's Casper, Casper the, friendly the Friendly Ghost. ghost. Yeah. yeah, so he was actually on a series of cartoon shorts, more or less, kind of like Tom and Jerry, Bugs Bunny, during that same time frame. Um, and basically, Casper is a friendly ghost, and his backstory, um, I wanted to get into a little bit, because I actually didn't even realize it. So he is a, well, a little bit back even further. So he was actually created in the 1930s, um, so a long time ago. But it what didn't really become popular until the, um, after the war, basically. So in the cartoon adaptation, because he actually started out in a novel or in a book form, he's a cute ghost child with a New York accent <laughs> who inhabits a haunted house along with a community of adult ghosts who delight in scaring the living. Casper, as you might guess, is a nonconformist among the ghosts. He would prefer to make friends with people. So in the beginning, he actually had a little bit of backstory. He packs up his belongings and goes out into the world hoping to make friends. He tries to make friends with animals. They all freak out when they see the ghost, so that doesn't work out. He actually gets so sad that he tries to commit suicide. Oh my gosh. So very dark That's <laughs> in the cartoons by lying down on a railroad, on a railway track. Uh, before an oncoming train. Obviously, it doesn't affect him. Because he's a ghost, yeah. Right. He's already dead. Then he meets two children uh, named Bonnie and Johnny, who become his friends. The, mo- the mother is a widow and um, very poor. And at first, she's frightened of Casper. But Casper ends up scaring away a greedy landlord, who, when he sees the ghost, tears up the mortgage and says, I don't, I don't want to own a haunted house. And um, so then the mother becomes in, endeared with Casper as the friendly ghost. Nice. Yeah. So then they start to have, over time, they start to have adventures together. And when I started watching it, he actually had two older brothers or yeah, cousins or something who were always trying to force Casper to do the scaring instead of the being friendly part. Yeah, that's and what Casper I would always have to figure out how to get around them. Yeah. So you remember that too? Yeah. From, from childhood? Yeah. I think um, it also used to be called like the Terrible Trio or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that somewhere in my research as well. It's very old. And I think to end that story, so I was reading up on that as well. And in the end, Casper and little kids go to school. Like he's dressed up as a school child. (laughs) Yeah. His mom actually dressed, which I think is funny. As a kid, you think, how's he wearing clothes? Right. Exactly. (laughs) If a train could go through him, why not the clothes? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's like some inconsistencies. In another version of that, he actually befriends this little fox cub named Ferdy. And the, Ferdy the fox? Ferdy the fox. And the hunter and dogs are chasing Ferdy. Oh. And Casper's able to, able to um, scare them away, but not before Ferdy dies. Oh so he God. actually dies. But happily, he becomes a ghost. Oh, and that's he, becomes, he becomes friends. Cute. Now Casper. he has a friend. Yes, Aww. now he has a fox friend named Ferdy. That is Ferdy. hilarious. Yeah, so I thought that was funny too. Yeah. So I really enjoyed Casper as a kid. And to me as a kid, I I um, sometimes was afraid of ghosts when I was growing up as a kid. So having a cartoon ghost that was friendly mm-hmm. was a fun concept for me. To think, oh, well, not all ghosts are scary. Some are friendly. Yeah, I'm sure that was a big part of... Getting him on TV and having him be popular. See, the interesting thing is that um, Casper was on when I was a kid. Not not like on, but like uh, like on TV. Casper was on. No, Uh, so Casper was on when I was a kid, but he was just always so uninteresting to me. There, Mm -hmm. there was just nothing interesting about. 
He just seemed like personality less. Yeah, I think yeah, he, he was just. We nice. had less to choose from when we were growing. Yeah, up. I was gonna say <laughs> that it was probably yeah. There was probably more um, interesting things that weren't equal to things from the sixties and seventies yeah. on when you. Well, even up. when I think of um, like if you compare Casper to somebody like Winnie the Pooh, because mm-hmm. they're both very nice, but one of them annoyed me to no end, and one of them I think of as one of the most beloved, cuddly, stuffed with fluff characters that's interesting um but i think that's because Pooh isn't like Pooh isn't perfect Pooh makes mistakes and you know gets people you know gets in trouble and stuff i don't know casper always seems too perfect to me that's interesting i always really i enjoy casper i think i remember seeing a cartoon of casper like in a big house with adult ghosts going to scare the town like I, re- I think I remember seeing some of the old cartoons, and those are always really cute. Mm-hmm. Oh I, yeah, I see. Now that it was his wicked uncles that were named the Ghostly Trio. Oh yeah. So I was just gonna, I was just gonna say that um, I remember Casper the Friendly Ghost Halloween costumes. Yes, and in fact, so one cute. of the things that they mentioned was later on. You know, even though he was kind of popular in the '60s. He actually ended up having a special created that was called Casper's First Christmas, which was a Hanna-Barbera special, as well as Casper's Casper's Halloween special. Oh. So they had um, some, you know, uh, nighttime TV specials going on, like the equivalent of um, Rudolph or you know, Garfield later kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And they did end up making a movie about Casper. Um even as recently as in the um, 2009 time frame, wow. they yes. were still making Casper comics. So it's still something that they've continued to um, work on and make part of the culture. So, yeah, so that's who I always think of Casper. And Casper's look hasn't changed much from the beginning along the way. So he's pretty iconic, white, bald ghost. Yeah. Little kiddish. Yeah. yeah. Very sort of little kid voice and stuff, too. Did, did he have a swirl on top of his head? No. no. Oh, but, but, that was Homer the Happy Ghost. So this is what I found out when I was looking up <laughs> Casper. After Casper became a hit, there were other ghosts like Casper that came out. So, <laughs> so it was like a Superman kind of situation where there were just all these rip-offs. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, no, except like the same people made them. So like you have Homer the Happy Ghost that had a, a cowlick on his head and a little halo because he's happy. Of you course. have Timmy the Timid Ghost. Oh, I wonder what he's like. I actually have no <laughs> idea. He had the least bit of information that I could find. Oh, because he's timid. Because he, yeah, uh, it's hard to find him. That yeah, checks out. <laughs> it makes me laugh that they actually put their character qualities in their name. No, make yeah. it simple. Casper the friendly ghost, Timmy the timid ghost. Yeah, but like, and then you have Spooky the tough little ghost. Yeah, see, that's <laughs> quite a title. Yeah, yeah. So he has. Um, there's much more about Spooky. Um, he's Casper's cousin, nearly identical, him. has freckles, a derby hat, and a large black nose. Show dead. You'll remember him when you see him. Yeah. Oh, yes. He I was the troublemaker him. one, wasn't yes. he? Yes. So, deep yeah. down, he's a good ghost, but um, apparently he is definitely likes scaring as well. Interesting. So, he's a yes. little bit of both. Yes. A little bit of a bridge <laughs> between the two worlds. Yes. 
but still kind of nice. Yeah, like, there's moments. Yeah, yeah. I always re- and I don't. I haven't seen this in so long, but I always remember him. He was a bad ghost. Yeah, he was a bad little boy <laughs> yeah. ghost. Really? But he wasn't like yeah. super bad though. He, I get what the, the boy he is. Did pranks. I he was he was a troublemaker. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Like the honorary ghost, but not yes. like evil. Not like mean. Yeah. yeah. Not like yes. horror movie kind. Right. Of right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So I thought that was just funny. That is funny. They have like um. Like shoot offs of right. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah they created another uh, extra kids extra yes. world of kids ghost kids for him mm-hmm. so and these were a lot of the a lot of these were in the cartoon in the comic books mm-hmm. so you probably have a whole universe that you could pull from to create a Casper mythos mythos Casper <laughs> universe from uh, for a series of uh, uh, movies that would be so annoying <laughs> that just sounds, that sounds terrible to me. Oh, that sounds so funny. So, I enjoyed Casper the Friendly Ghost, watching it, you know, little cartoons when I was young. Um, but what I grew up with was a show called Danny Phantom. And I, I don't think I've ever seen that show. Have uh, you, Beth? I don't, I don't remember. I might have, but I don't remember it offhand. I also. actually, I remember watching this one, too. I don't think I remember it as much as you do. I really liked it. Yeah. So what yeah. age range would you have been when you watched this? Uh, maybe elementary, middle school. Okay. It was, um, he was a friendly, he, he's a friendly phantom, a friendly ghost. So it started in 2004, and it's an American superhero animated animated television series created by Butch Hartman for Nickelodeon. The series follows a teenage boy who, after an accident with an unpredictable portal between the human world and the ghost zone and by the way his parents created this his parents are kind of ghost nuts oh, okay who are on a mission to prove that ghosts exist and want to catch one um so they created this portal to try to pull ghosts in something doesn't work something's not quite right like the whole intro music like you know the music number yeah. explains all of it. Oh, it goes through the yes. whole... Okay. <laughs> so really, if you just watch the first three minutes of it, yeah. you'll understand. Kind of like Gravity Falls intro kind of goes through the whole story. But even more, I think it's like they it's, narrated they have, yes. in this oh, okay. one. Yeah, so they're so actually This is words. back when shows were like, would explain the show in the intro to the show. Yeah, like the, the baseline kind of thing. So he basically becomes a human-ghost hybrid and takes on the task of saving his town and the world from ghost attacks through this portal that his parents created, so they created this problem, um, using an evolving variety of supernatural powers that he has. So he can turn invisible, he can split himself apart, he can go through walls. Um, so nor- looking at him normally, he's a kid with black hair and blue eyes. Well, when he becomes this phantom um, mode or whatever, he has white hair and green eyes. So green... I guess is a you know the the poison phantomy ghosty kind of color kind of the the ectoplasm yes exactly yeah so that's what I grew up with I think it only lasted like two to three seasons on Nickelodeon but it was very fun Um, it's basically like a teenage typical teenage like. High school drama stuff happens. Is he fighting supervillains? Ghosts. Yeah, kind of. Okay. He's, he's ranging from bad ghost supervillains to to ghost of boxes mm-hmm. that he just throws. So he basically is catching ghosts and throwing them back in this phantom zone. Oh, okay. Because they're leaking out. They're, they're, they're okay. coming out uh, and they're not supposed to. Gotcha. Yes, okay. So, it, yeah. It's funny. Um, I remember a different show. I just thought of it. 
uh, around that same time um, that I loved that had all kinds of ghosts in it. And that was, um, do you remember The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy? I do. I yeah. did not like that. No, because it was a lot more gross than was, Danny Phantom was. It was boy gross. It was boy gross. It was also a lot darker than Danny Phantom was. Yeah. It had a lot of dark humor mm-hmm. in it. Uh, but that was one that I always loved. And there's all these ghosts and these creatures that, that pop up and, you know, try to kill people or eat brains or, you know, do whatever whatever yeah. ghosts do. Uh, but I always loved that one. That's one I remember really well. Yeah. That's so yeah. funny. And I think I was around the same age as you were when you were watching Danny Phantom when I was watching that. Okay. Yeah. Yep, and then one other thing that I saw today for little, little kids was a little book called How to Scare a Ghost. And you have two little kids, uh, maybe a boy and a girl, and a ghost who is smiling and frolicking. And it does have a little twirl on top of his head. (laughs) It looks so cute. So the, the book lays out how to go about scaring a ghost. Now, this is not scary, scary. The point is not to scare the bejeebers out of this little ghost. <laughs> it's just supposed to be a cute little, cute little book. How to? It, it should, really should say how to have fun with the ghost. So first of all, you had to catch the ghost, and this is a throwback to our talk about pumpkin carving and what happens to spirits. They don't like a lot of stuff. Um, this book's theory on how to catch a ghost was to put um, scarecrows. In the front and carve pumpkins and tangle up the front porch with yarn. Oh, that's funny. And as I don't know where that came from, but yeah. as anybody who has listened to our pumpkin carving podcast, or, or a scarecrow, or our scarecrow, is that <laughs> or a nutcracker? That's right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because bare teeth. Yes, that's right. right. So um, you're onto something there. No. <laughs> no. The ghost will be scared away. So what right. were they trying to do? They were trying to catch them. Oh, okay. You'd have oh, to surround oh, them. Oh, gotcha. I was thinking, How to Scare Ghosts is this title. So I'm yeah. thinking, oh, that's a good way to scare them. Oh, that's a good way to put it. No, they yeah. want to catch them first and oh, then okay. scare them. All right. That's mean. That's horrifying. <laughs> little, went a little grim, but no. So Imagine um, if people did that to children on Halloween. <laughs> like, instead of just scaring them, they're like, no, we have to catch them first. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and yeah. then, we, and then we scare them. <laughs> No, but after you catch a ghost, theoretically, like, a ghost would be attracted to your house for some unknown reason. They won't be scared away. Um, How you can tell that there's a ghost is that children and cats can see them, but adults and dogs can't. Oh, that's interesting. Adults and dogs? Yeah, so it has a little um, cute visual of the ghost playing with the dog's ears. The dog's like, it has no idea what's going on. (laughs) And the children, the cat are like pointing to the ghost yeah which is pretty consistent cats like to look at random places intently and yes. make you feel like there's something there yeah and then when you go look then you look and the cats walked away yes and <laughs> i called the other day noticed our one cat staring at the door there's nothing happening there was the nothing door. there there wasn't even a window like that she was looking out of it was just the door yes <laughs> So, so, and so they have these little adventures with the ghosts. They read to the ghosts. They play games. They explain what games you can't play with the ghosts, such as oh, um, that what can you bounce on outside? Trampoline. Yes. Apparently, they can't play on that. They just go right through it. Right. Um, so you can't play anything that requires like corporeal 
right. things. Yes. Solid, yeah, solid, solid yes. things. Yes, that really limits you. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But Twister would be easier because you could go right through them to get to your <laughs> That's your true. It'd be a lot less awkward, too. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Or may, maybe it's really awkward to go through a ghost. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, what the I don't know go, ghost etiquette. Yeah, right. I don't know. Um, and then you can also scare people with them. So although adults can't see them, apparently ghosts can levitate like plates or whatever. So it shows them their oh. parents going, ah! Oh. Little kids scaring them with the ghost. So That's don't right. recommend this because it's not very nice to scare your parents. That's you right. Have a ghost friend. But ultimately, um, they dress the ghost up in a little Halloween costume and go trick-or-treating. So it's the same concept as Casper. Yeah. And yeah. How do they dress it up? I, I don't know. <laughs> I think Cas- Casper have have to school up it on. We don't know. But it <laughs> couldn't go through the trampoline. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Yes. But it was a super cute little story. And it was at Target. And I saw it. And I'm like, oh, this is super cute. That is That's a cute one. Yeah. We'll have to post a picture of it on our... Um, on our Instagram. Yeah, and I remember when we were little, we had all kinds of little Halloween books. Oh my gosh, there's so many at Target. That's why I stopped. They were so cute. We have all those still in the basement. I just don't pull them out anymore. <laughs> we used to pull out a big pile of them and just put them against the um, yeah. fireplace. And the kids or adults could uh, read them. Because yeah. um, we had one with a cat that liked to go inside of, of the pumpkin. <gasps> I remember that. Yes. Yeah, very fun books. Yes. But we have a lot of information about fun um friendly ghosts so we're going to continue this discussion next week with a part two on friendly ghosts yes and i i just want to say one thing harry potter did answer the question how you feel about when you go through a ghost it's cold oh oh good i was wondering about that yes Yes. that's right (laughs) as always we finish our podcast with our future festivities this will be for the week of september 23rd so September 23rd is actually the first day of fall, the, autumn, oh, no, the autumnal equinox. Fun. Yay. Very fun. September 24th is Punctuation Day. September 25th is National Comic Book Day. And September 26th is Johnny Appleseed Day. That's interesting. I feel like we've mentioned him a lot in <laughs> yeah. the podcast, like yeah. in episodes not directly related yeah. to him. Yeah. yeah. September 27th is Native American Day. September 28th is National Good Neighbor Day. And September 29th is Rosh Hashanah. As always, you can also follow us on Twitter at Holiday underscore Moons. On Instagram at Holiday Moons. On Facebook, you can find us by searching for Holiday Moons for our Facebook page or our Facebook group. And you can always reach out at any time to us directly at uh, HolidayMoons at gmail.com. So for Randy, Beth, Sydney, and Cole, happy haunting!